0: section 41 of jataka tales by h t francis and e j thomas this LibriVox recording is in the public domain king sivi once upon a time when the mighty king sivi reigned in the city of Aritapura in the kingdom of sivi the great being was born as his son they called his name prince sivi when he grew up he went to takisala and studied there then returning he proved his knowledge to his father the king, and by him was made viceroy. At his father's death he became king himself, and forsaking the ways of evil, he kept to the ten royal virtues and ruled in righteousness. He caused six alms-halls to be built at the four gates, in the midst of the city, and at his own door. He was munificent in distributing each day six hundred thousand pieces of money. On the eighth, fourteenth and fifteenth days he never missed visiting the alms-halls to see the distribution made once on the day of the full moon the state umbrella had been uplifted early in the morning and he sat on the royal throne thinking over the gifts he had given thought he to himself of all the outside things there is nothing i have not given but this kind of giving does not content me i want to give something which is part of myself Well, this day, when I go to the alms-hall, I vow that if any one ask not something outside me, but name what is part of myself, if he should mention my very heart, I will cut open my breast with a spear, and as though I were drawing up a water-lily, stalk and all, from a calm lake, I will pull forth my heart dripping with blood-clots, and give it him. If he should name the flesh of my body, I will cut the flesh off my body and give it, as though I were graving with a graving tool. Let him name my blood, I will give him my blood, dropping it in his mouth, or filling a bowl with it. Or again, if one say, I can't get my household work done, come and do me a slave's part at home, then I will leave my royal dress and stand without, proclaiming myself a slave, and slave's work I will do. Should any men demand my eyes, I will tear out my eyes and give them, as one might take out the pith of a palm-tree. Thus he thought within him. If there be any human gift that I have never made, be it my eyes, I'll give it now, all firm and unafraid. Then he bathed himself with sixteen pitchers of perfumed water, and adorned him in all his magnificence, and after a meal of choice food he mounted upon an elephant richly caparisoned and went to the alms-hall. Sokka, perceiving his resolution, thought, King Sivi has determined to give his eyes to any chance-comer who may ask. Will he be able to do it or no? He determined to try him, and in the form of a Brahmin, old and blind, he posted himself on a high place, and when the king came to his alms-hall, he stretched out his hand and stood crying, "'Long live the king!' Then the king drove his elephant towards him and said, "'What do you say, Brahman?" Saka said to him, "'O oh, great king, in all the inhabited world "'there is no spot where the fame of your munificent heart "'has not sounded. "'I am blind, and you have two eyes.' Then he repeated the first stanza, asking for an eye. To ask an eye, the old man comes from far, for I have none. Oh, give me one of yours, I pray, then we shall each have one. When the great being heard this, thought he, Why, that is just what I was thinking in my palace before I came. What a fine chance! My heart's desire will be fulfilled to-day. I shall give a gift which no man ever gave yet. And he recited the second stanza. Who taught thee hitherward to wend thy way, O mendicant, and for an eye to pray? The chiefest portion of a man is this, and hard for men to part with, so they say. The succeeding stanzas are to be read two and two, as may easily be seen. Sujampati among the gods, the same, here among men called Magava by name he taught me hitherward to wend my way begging and for an eye to urge my claim tis the all-chiefest gift for which i pray give me an eye oh do not say me nay give me an eye that chiefest gift of gifts so hard for men to part with as they say the wish that brought thee hitherward the wish that did arise within thee be that wish fulfilled here brahman take my eyes. One eye thou didst request of me. Behold, I give thee two. Go with good sight in all the people's view. So be thy wish fulfilled, and now come true. So much the king said. But thinking it not meet that he should root out his eyes and bestow them there and then, he brought the brahmin indoors with him, and sitting on the royal throne sent for a surgeon named Sivaka take out my eye he then said now all the city rang with the news that the king wished to tear out his eyes and give them to a brahmin. then the commander-in-chief and all the other officials and those beloved of the king gathered together from city and harem and recited three stanzas that they might turn the king from his purpose Oh, do not give thine eye my lord desert us not o king Give money, pearls, and coral give, and many a precious thing. Give thoroughbreds, caparison, forth be the chariots rolled. O king, drive up the elephants all fine with cloth of gold. These give, O king, that we may all preserve thee safe and sound. Thy faithful people with our cars and chariots ranged around. Hereupon the king recited three stanzas. The soul which, having sworn to give, is the unfaithful found, Puts his own neck within a snare, low hidden on the ground. The soul which, having sworn to give, is then unfaithful found, More sinful is than sin, and he to Yama's house is bound. That which is asked I give, and not the thing he asketh not. This therefore which the Brahman asks, I give it on the spot then the courtiers asked what do you desire in giving your eyes repeating a stanza life beauty joy or strength what is the prize o king which motive for your deed supplies why should the king of Civiland supreme for the next world's sake thus bestow his eyes the king answered them in a stanza In giving thus not glory is my goal, not sons, not wealth, or kingdoms to control. This is the good old way of holy men, of giving gifts enamored is my soul. To the great being's words the courtiers answered nothing. So the great being addressed Sivaka the surgeon in a stanza. A friend and comrade, Sivaka art thou. Do as I bid thee, thou hast skill anow. Take out my eyes, for this is my desire, and in the beggar's hands bestow them now. But Sivica said, Bethank you, my lord, to give one's eyes is no light thing. Sivica, I have considered. Don't delay nor talk too much in my presence. Then he thought, It is not fitting that a skillful surgeon like me should pierce a king's eyes with the lancet. So he pounded a number of simples, rubbed a blue lotus with the powder and brushed it over the right eye. Round rolled the eye, and there was great pain. Reflect, my king, I can make it all right. Go on, friend, no delay, please. Again he rubbed in the powder and brushed it over the eye. The eye started from the socket. The pain was worse than before. Reflect, my king, I can still restore it. "'Be quick with the job!' "'A third time he smeared a sharper powder and applied it. "'By the drug's power round went the eye. "'Out it came from the socket "'and hung dangling at the end of the tendon. "'Reflect, my king. "'I can yet restore it again. "'Be quick!' "'The pain was extreme. "'Blood was trickling. "'The king's garments were stained with the blood. "'The king's women and the courtiers fell at his feet crying.' My lord, do not sacrifice your eyes. Loudly they wept and wailed. The king endured the pain and said, My friend, be quick. Very well, my lord, said the physician, and with his left hand, grasping the eyeball, took a knife in his right, and severing the tendon, laid the eye in the great being's hand. He gazed with his left eye at the right, and enduring the pain, said, Brahman, come here. When the Brahman came near, he went on, The eye of omniscience is dearer than this eye a hundredfold, aye, a thousandfold. There you have my reason for this action. And he gave it to the Brahman, who raised it and placed it in his own eye-socket. There it remained, fixed by his power, like a blue lotus in bloom. When the great being, with his left eye, saw that eye in his head, he cried, Ah, how good is this my gift of an eye! And thrilled straight away with the joy that had arisen within him, he gave the other eye also. Sokka placed this also in the place of his own eye, and departed from the king's palace, and then from the city, with the gaze of the multitude upon him, and went away to the world of gods. In a short while the king's eyes began to grow. As they grew, and before they reached the top of the holes, a lump of flesh rose up inside like a ball of wool, filling the cavity. They were like a doll's eyes, but the pain ceased. The great being remained in the palace a few days. Then he thought, What has a blind man to do with ruling? I will hand over my kingdom to the courtiers and go into my park and become an ascetic and live as a holy man." he summoned his courtiers and told them what he intended to do. One man, said he, shall be with me to wash my face and so forth, and to do all that is proper, and you must fasten a cord to guide me to the retiring places. Then, calling for his charioteer, he bade him prepare the chariot. But the courtiers would not allow him to go in the chariot, They brought him out in a golden litter, and set him down by the lake-side, and then, guarding him all around, returned. The king sat in the litter, thinking of his gift. At that moment Sokka's throne became hot, and he, pondering, perceived the reason. "'I will offer the king a boon,' thought he, "'and make his eyes well again.' So to that place he came— and not far off from the great being he walked up and down up and down who is that cried the great being when he heard the sound of the footsteps Sakka repeated the stanza Sakka, the king of gods am i to visit thee i came choose thou a boon o royal sage whatever thy wish may name the king replied with another stanza Wealth, strength, and treasure without end—these I have left behind. O oh, Saka, death and nothing more I want, for I am blind. Then Saka said, "Do you ask death, King Sivi, because you wish to die, or because you are blind?" Because I am blind, my lord. The gift is not everything in itself, Your Majesty. It was made with a view to the future, yet there is a motive relating to this visible world now you were asked for one eye and gave two make an act of truth about it then he began a stanza o oh, warrior lord of biped kind declare the thing that's true if you the truth declare your eye shall be restored to you on hearing this the great being replied if you wish to give me an eye sakka do not try any other means but let my eye be restored as a consequence of my gift. Sokka said, Though they call me Sokka, King of the gods, your majesty, yet I cannot give an eye to any one else. But by the fruit of the gift, by thee given, and by nothing else, your eye shall be restored to you. Then the other repeated a stanza, maintaining that his gift was well given. Whatever sort, whatever kind of suitor shall draw near, whoever comes to ask of me, HE TO MY HEART IS DEAR. IF THESE MY SOLEMN WORDS BE TRUE, NOW LET MY EYE APPEAR. EVEN AS HE UTTERED THE WORDS, ONE OF HIS EYES GREW UP IN THE SOCKET. THEN HE REPEATED A COUPLE OF stanzas TO RESTORE THE OTHER. A Brahmin CAME TO VISIT ME, ONE OF MY EYES TO CRAVE. UNTO THAT Brahmin MENDICANT THE PAIR OF THEM I GAVE. A GREATER JOY AND MORE DELIGHT THAT ACTION DID AFFORD. IF THESE MY SOLEMN WORDS BE TRUE, be the other eye restored. On the instant appeared his second eye. But these eyes of his were neither natural nor divine. An eye given by Sokka as the Brahman cannot be natural, we know. On the other hand, a divine eye cannot be produced in anything that is injured. But these eyes are called the eyes of the attainment of truth. At the time when they came into existence, the whole royal retinue by Saka's power was assembled and Sokka, standing in the midst of the throng, uttered praise in a couple of stanzas. O fostering king of land, these holy hymns of thine have gained for thee as bounty free this pair of eyes divine. Through rock and wall, o'er hill and dale, whatever bar may be, a hundred leagues on every side those eyes of thine shall see. Having uttered these stanzas, poised in the air before the multitude, with a last counsel to the great being that he should be vigilant, Saka returned to the world of gods. And the great being, surrounded by his retinue, went back in great pomp to the city, and entered the palace called Kandaka, the peacock's eye. The news that he had got his eyes again spread abroad all through the kingdom of Sivi. All the people gathered together to see him, with gifts in their hands. "'Now all this multitude is come together,' thought the great being. "'I shall praise my gift that I gave.' He caused a great pavilion to be put up at the palace gate, where he seated himself upon the royal throne, with the white umbrella spread above him. Then the drum was sent beating about the city to collect all the trade guilds. Then he said, "'O oh, people of Civi, now you have beheld these divine eyes. Never eat food without giving something away.' and he repeated four stanzas declaring the law who if he's asked to give would answer no although it be his best and choicest prize people of civy thronged in concourse ho come hither see the gift of god my eyes through rock and wall o'er hill and dale whatever bar may be a hundred leagues on every side these eyes of mine can see self-sacrifice in all men mortal living of all things is most fine i sacrificed a mortal eye and giving received an eye divine see people see give ere ye eat let others have a share this done with your best will and care blameless to heaven you shall repair in these four verses he declared the law and after that every fortnight on the holy day even every fifteenth day He declared the law in these same verses without cessation to a great gathering of people, hearing which, the people, after giving alms and doing good deeds, attained to heaven. End of section 41.